welcome to episode 81 of Bell to Bell today. Um, Steve Lillis has ducked out. He's sunning himself in one of his holiday homes. I'm not sure which continent he's on one of them. Um, so I'm John Evans. I'm hosting it. That means we've got two guests this weekend. We've got Jazza Dickens there in Liverpool, although he globetrots the world. And we've got Tom Gray, associate editor of Ring Magazine as well, both joining us. Um, just before we start, thank you for the ratings. We're on 100% five-star ratings on iTunes. Um, so keep them ratings coming in. Uh, we seem to be finally getting a bit of a foothold after 80 episodes. So uh, <laughs> we're glad you're enjoying it. Um, we'll start with Jazza. Jazza's the fighter first. Where in the world are you then, Jazza? And, and what are you up to? I'm in, I'm in Dublin at the minute. I got... Yeah, we, we was in Wales yesterday, in England day before that, so yeah, <laughs> globe sorting, as usual. And you're there with uh, Peter Taylor, aren't you? Yeah, I'm enjoying it over here, it's good, good, good time and that, so yeah, I'm enjoying it. What, just quickly, what was what was the idea of going towards Peter? Was it was it to get that footwork back, Jazza, and them angles and that movement back? Yeah, John, I think you've seen the, the way I started out as, as a pro, the way I, I moved my feet a little bit too much, didn't I? And then I, and I went total opposite way and then move them not as much as it should so yeah to get my feet working again so that, that's what that's why I'm here it's working like it's going well good and like just surveying the, I've seen you calling out uh, well not calling out but saying you'd be open to fights with Josh Warrington IBF champ and Lee Wood WBA champion but what what's your immediate goal Jazz are you, are you open to anybody to get you back into that mix I think I'm um, I'm, I'm not interested in it. I was trying apart from apart from world title fights. You know, I'm, I've I've achieved that every single level. It's only a world title that I haven't won. So yeah, I'm, I'm not really interested in anything else. You know, so if I, I don't mind waiting as long as it, it's getting a good fight towards the world title. Good. How about Tom up there, uh, Motherwell? Is it Tom? Oh yeah, glamorous life. <laughs> glamorous life. How's thing at Ring Magazine these days? I would imagine one of the big talking points this after. After the weekend, he's where to put uh, Mr. Bam Rodriguez on the pound for pound list. Well, um, I don't want to disappoint, but I, I don't think he's going to quite make it yet. I mean, the problem that we've got at the minute, John, with the pound for pound list is there's only 10 spots and you could probably, it's busting at the seams. I mean, Devin Haney hasn't made it on yet. Tank Davis hasn't made it on yet. Um Charlo just scraped on and no more. Uh, Better Biev recently great win and just in fact I think Char did Charlo I think Charlo just came out and get replaced by Better Biev. So not yet. Although I think it's not a case of um, you know when or, or sorry if um, Bam gets on to the pound for pound list, but when he was he was awesome at the weekend type of performance that I expected, but I didn't expect him to get the stoppage. No, it was absolutely sensational. He just looked looked like he's got that X factor, but certain fighters are just born with. Crazy. Yeah, yeah. And the fact he's dropping down to, I mean, a lot of people are disappointed he's talking about coming away from 115, which is, that's a lot to do with the fact that his brother is in the same division. But if he comes down to 112, there's some uh, there's some dangerous sharks there for him as well. But when I look at it, I mean, I think Nakatani is the is the major threat for him. Sonny Edwards could be awkward, but Nakatani is the fight that I'd, I'd want to see. Crowd-pleasing fight. Yeah. Well, you both know how it works. You've both been on before and everybody listening, no doubt, knows exactly what goes on. We get six rounds, quick fire, three minutes each. When the bell goes, we stop talking and we're on to the next topic. Um, we're going to have Jazza go first this time. You ready, Jazza? What am I rambling about again? You're talking about uh, <laughs> boxing media. Media, yeah. So, fire away, Jazza. 
ramble away. So I, I think with the media these days, I think that uh, <laughs> starts off too fast. It was an audition. No, I think with the media now, it's great. It's good, good work, and we interact with the with the public, the journalists, yourselves. It's good to have that rapport. I do think it's great, but I think that it can be a little bit damaging now. Where it's whoever's the big, it can be a little bit like who's the biggest clown. I, th- I don't know how you see it, lads, but the balance between how good you've actually got to be and how sellable you've got to be. I think that the scales are tipping a little bit too far, and boxing is becoming a little bit of a circus in terms of boxing was for. I think the casuals get more out of it than the actual people who look at the sport these days. I don't know. Um, maybe what's your what's your what what's your opinions? Do you know John? what? Yeah. Do you know what I I I agree with you. Something we speak about on this quite often. When you go to a fight or a, a press conference or a weigh-in nowadays, I don't like criticizing because we're in the same line as me. But a lot of people seem to be fans with phones. You know, they have their favourites. They enjoy getting close to these people. They've spent time watching on television, posing for photographs, posing for selfies and stuff like that. And therefore, the way they think, talk about the fighters and the way they review the fights and talk about the action, it's totally and utterly slanted. So, yeah, I think you're right, Jazz. I think the people who are entertaining, who are crowd pleasers, who've been big personalities on TV, they attract these fans with cameras and therefore it totally distorts the the way people look at them and we get further on. Yes, I mean, I, I think that you, what, what I think Jazz is getting at then is the, is the personality has kind of overtaken the ability in the ring. Um, I mean, you've had, we've had examples that, or not, not just, I mean, s- some people work for it, like Ebony Bridges puts her own stick on things, you know exactly what I'm talking about, but she's going on to be a world champion. She works really, really hard. Dave Allen was kind of, uh, you know, the, the kind of personality, you know, put his personality out there and get massive, get masses of attention. You know, Dave Allen, 30 years ago in the 80s, would probably be totally unknown, wouldn't get half the opportunities that he got. Um, and the videography style of, uh, of of doing interviews and stuff, things that turn up at the press conferences, you know, they're talking to these, these people constantly and it's getting blasted out in social media always in your face. And I don't think you need to work quite as hard now as you did a long time ago to do that. Yeah. What, what, what do you think, Jazzy? You know, when you turn up, when you turn up to these events now, do you feel a bit of pressure to, to put on a show for people? Yeah, well, it's not more that, it's more John, I see the young lads coming through. I was in the gym the day and seeing Brandon Dale with VIP. And he's got a, he's got a skill that you cannot buy. Yeah. And then, he's not the, he doesn't need to sell himself, but in this day and age, he does now. So the, there's been a time that's come and gone where this man would have been known worldwide as this upcoming star, but now it's um, it's flipped on its head. So what's a great point. Yeah, it's a great point. Hey, just before we start on yours, Tom, Dayard can really fight, can he? Go on, Tom, uh, your second. You want to talk about this term before Bell era? Yes, it's killing my will to live. Every time I see it on social media, um, I'm, I'm going at it because the four belt era, uh, I think this has started within the last 10 years, even though Hopkins was the first fighter to win all four titles in his division, um, he was already undisputed or considered undisputed at that time. But it's became, from some broadcasters, it's became uh, a, a cliche now that you say if, if the four belts are on the line and you'll get this graphic that will come up with Hopkins and Jermaine Taylor and Terence Crawford and Josh Taylor and it'll only show those guys almost as if these are the only guys that have ever been undisputed. And I think that's a terrible 
piece of disrespect to all the fighters that became undisputed in the three belt era, in the two belt era, in the one belt era, and it also gives the illusion that it's more difficult to do it, which is false. Like if you were in an era, if you took the fighters from today and put them back 70 years ago, the fighters that you're beating to pick up title belts would be the contenders that you would have had to beat to become champion when there was only one championship to win. I think, and I respect a lot of the broadcasters that showcase this stuff, um, but I think they're needing to stop it. I watched, I was out in LA and I watched the Charlo Castano rematch and Winky Wright was the last undisputed champion at 154 and I didn't hear his name getting mentioned once on the broadcast. Even though the WBO title was out when Winky was fighting, you didn't need it to become undisputed at that point. I can't stand it. Um, what's your take? Go on, Jazza. Yeah, it, it's almost, uh, if, if the stars aligned, you get to be that guy because back, back, back then it would have been that you used the contender and you fought for, for not all of those but you fought for the belt but now we, the stars have to land don't they and that's why we felt so sick for for your, for your man Jack against Taylor when he when he didn't win all the belts because you know that chance is never going to come again because the fighters can't sit on the belts now and are you not considered a world champion if you don't have all the belts because the stars have to align for fighters now to get all the belts at one go don't they yeah I think I think there seems to be a lot of fighters these days who are happy to get a world title belt and then say they've done it. I think Jazz is probably one of a rare breed, not just saying it because you're on Jazza. If you won a world title, your immediate next fight will be to try and get another belt. I think that yeah. it's quite a rare breed. Um, Rodriguez seems to be one. There's other fighters who do it, who are intent on becoming the number one in the division and beating everybody else. But I think yeah. it's quite a rare breed. And but have you noticed the IBO is getting a bit more of a foothold in the sport now? Is that in okay, five years' time, if the IBO gets a foothold, are we going to be talking about the five belt era? You know, there's no end to this. Yeah. Ring magazine. That's the only two words I need to say. <laughs> Everybody in the sport knows who the, the number one man in the division is. Sorry, Jazza. Unimaginative matchmaking. Something I'm noticing more and more now, and it's probably more particular with the contenders and people who are trying to make the step from British to world class. I think a lot of the matchmaking is being done on comparison, where there's no thought into building a fight and no thought of what do we need next, no thought of maybe making them look good for a fight. It's all just done on, well, this guy went to points with him, can you beat him? And I think for trying to build fighters profiles and move them up the rankings purely just done on comparing how they, they deal with fighters compared to how somebody else did. There might be a time when a fighter is going through a bit of a struggling period and they need to be given a penalty kick to make them look good and, you know, pick up the momentum again. There may be a time when the world champion in the, the route they're going on is a southpaw. So you give him a southpaw. I, I don't think there's much thought going into that. I think it's all just done on who's already been on a TV network Let's get that person back so the fans know, know who they're looking and they're building people up that way. Jazza? Yeah, uh, I'm in the not. I'm not in the situation, but I'd like to be in the situation because it would have made so much sense right now for me to fight on the undercards of Michael Conlon's next fight because fights can be here and we can not only go by how we beat him and how we beat him, but people get to see you can work together as fighters as a... As a smart fighters and people can make their own comparisons and um, 
in that situation, it doesn't even matter if you don't look as good because then people say, no, no, he's going to beat him. And then their fans, their fans will say, no, no, our man's going to win. We've seen it enough on that show there. They were fighting back to back. We got a good view of it. So I think that um, you're right there, John. I seen the show um, last week when my mate was fighting and um, two people trying to get an opponent. And the day before, two people came up with the same, the very same name. And it was like, come on, there's got to be more people than this. Yeah. Um, as well as what you're saying, that there is definitely an imaginative matchmaking, but there's also, it becomes political. Now, I think Anthony Yard is a, a terrific light heavyweight and he'll, you know, by the looks of it, be taking on better. Yeah, he's already had a world title shot against Sergei Kovalev. But if you look at the build-up to Kovalev and what he's done since, a couple, you know, a win and a loss against Lyndon, Lyndon Arthur, Lyndon Arthur is a, a terrific, a, a terrific fighter. You know, a British British champion was a, was British champion. I, th- I think Commonwealth. You might need to, to correct me on that. But Anthony Yard has not had the jumps, I believe, required to take him into a fight against Berbiev. But what he has done is picked up like fringe belts. So your WBO Intercontinentals or your WBO Galactic or whatever kind of belt. And what that does is give him a ratings boost to where he gets into a mandatory spot and he can walk into a world title fight. But I think if anything lets Yard, Anthony Yard down heading into this fight, it's the fact that he's not had the requisite experience required to go in of a, with a fighter of better Bev's calibre. And the fighters he should have been facing since Kovalev should have been better. But you can go in this route. Yep, you got me. Jazza, small hall boxing. Small hall boxing promoters, they're keeping, they're keeping the game alive. I'm seeing it. I'm witnessing it at the minute. Um, when it's talking, going back to Brandon Day Ord and people like John Edd my mate. Um, we've got Steve Woods. He's keeping boxing alive on a smaller level. And... Um, Kevin Marie, who manages my, my mate here, though, um, the, the show, they can't even put a show on over here, it's so expensive. And, people, and they don't get the credit, the promoters who, who run the small old shows, they're not, they're not small old promoters, they're just the same as every other promoter, only they haven't got the TV date and they haven't got the, the money to back the, the shows like they should, and sad really, but um, yeah, just not, not, not more of a rant, more of a thank you to the small old show promoters like the VIP Steve Woods and the people like himself who are keeping boxing alive because without them, this, the sport really is dead. You know, we see what we see on the TV, but without the small old promoters, they, these people really need a clap off myself and everyone in the game because they keep it alive. Absolutely, man. Yeah, you're right, Jazza. You know, the, uh, a lot of these small old shows... If he had the backing, if he had a TV deal, if he had the money coming in, we could probably actually put on better stuff than we've been seeing on TV this year. You know, some of the shows that have been on Saturday nights have been dross this year. Yeah. If you gave, it sounds like we're being biased because we were on VIP, but if you gave Steve Wood a budget, when you look at the fighter Steve's got, I'm pretty sure Steve could put on a hell of a Saturday night show. Uh, the fact that we do it every week and lose money on it, I don't know what keeps them going, you know, when their opponents are falling out on a Thursday afternoon and we're having to ring round, it it must drive them mad. But yeah, fair play to them, you know. And I, I, But I these know people I... that are coming through the small holes, they're providing the next generation, aren't they? So yeah, fair play to them. Yeah. I, I never appreciated Steve Woods at the time and they always should have. I was too young to understand what they do for the sport because they're only new to the sport. But my last fight was... Um, was co-promoted with Jeffries for Jeffries, and it was great to see someone like him getting a big, massive, um, a big night for himself on the TV. Um, even big, big deal with Pro Bell and stuff like that. So it's nice when you get it when you get when you get the break because he really do deserve it, you know. Yeah, I, I came up covering Small Hall in uh, in Glasgow and Edinburgh, and um, 
the way that the I mean Morrison shows up here, Kevin Marie was someone whose whose show shows I attended, and when you're around bigger shows in, in in like you know say Matchroom or Warren or if you're in the states. The people behind the scenes in small hall work every bit as hard for 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 far less return, and um, it's a shame that uh, that they, they don't get the same opportunities. And essentially, when they build up a fighter to a certain level, that fighter, most of the time for monetary reasons, goes goes elsewhere, and they're essentially starting again. Yeah. Yep, they're essentially starting again. So, Jazzy, you know you know it more than most. Yeah. Right, round five. Tom, who's number one at light heavyweight? Um, this was this was part of the the ratings um, panel. Initially, I'd went for Better Biev, um, and then there was a, an argument that well, how can you put Better Biev ahead of Bivol? But Bivol is going to be higher pound for pound because he was at six, and Better Biev was going to be getting in. So that gave me a bit of a headache. And when but I said, okay, I'm going to think about this. When you look at both resumes for Bivol and Better Biev, they're they're comparable um, in terms of who they've beat. I don't think either guy holds a major advantage in that area. So I thought to myself, okay, who impressed me more? Um, Bivol outclassing Canelo, which I didn't see coming, and I only know one um, really good pundit that did, and that was Chris Lloyd. I'll give him a shout out. And um, or um, better be of beating Joe Smith Jr., who came in with one of the worst game plans known to man from the opening couple of seconds, and better be of ba- bashed him out. I was more impressed with Bivol. Um, I know that you know the narrative that came in after it was, oh, poor Canelo, he jumped up in weight and and you know you know he just was the smaller man. But how many people do you know realistically that was saying that coming in? Canelo had won a title at light heavyweight, 168 pounds. I know it's a jump, but if he was fighting, you know, 50, 60 years ago, sound like such an old timer today. But you know, you'd be jumping from middleweight straight to light heavy, and fighters have been jumping up in weight, you know, for decades. So no, um, Bivol impressed me more than better be have did recently and Bivol to me is number one your reaction Ooh, I, I think you've got to put Bivol number one just purely based on the fact that Canelo's better than Canelo against Kovalev looked like a better light heavyweight than Joe Smith so yep. therefore I, I would put Bivol number one if the two were to fight if better be was to fight Bivol that's a totally different question I think you, I think I'd pick better be but if you go on the form so far I would put Bivol number one just purely based on the fact that Canelo's so good and looked so comfortable at light heavyweight, heavyweight against Kovalev. Okay. Jazz this is why it's so, so frustrating and it's so good as well because we get to compare these people and also we don't, but we don't get to see these styles make fights, don't they? And it can be, I wouldn't as a fighter be disrespectful to say, no, no, he's better because of this because styles do, do make fights and it's happened time and time again where you think one man beats for sure the best, the best man on the planet and then just someone comes through who's got this something about him that overthrows. I don't think any fighter can be truly the best. You know what I mean? I don't think there's a truly two greatest because um, every man's got his weakness and you know it's just like that. So uh, I'm gonna sit on the fence on this one. I better Enjoy. behave on this one. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. I get Jazzo, just which did you like watching? You know, as you only got a few seconds as a as a boxer who's a, a boxer yourself, not well. You fight too much, but did you enjoy watching Bivol out box Canelo, or did you like watching Better Be a Bash Up Joe Smith? What, what do you like to watch? Ah, uh, in I like to see the underdog. It's not more the style. I like to see the underdog. So seeing Bivol, I, I, I wanted Canelo to win, but seeing Bivol do something that everybody said that he that he wouldn't. So that that's what I um I, I like to see the underdog do it. You enjoy that. Right, flown through this. So final round is um. Joe Joyce this weekend, he's fighting Christian Hammer. I think 
probably most people listening to this when they when they heard the news probably didn't even generate a shrug. I think we, we all know what's going to happen. Joe's going to beat Christian Hammer. Hammer can't hammer by name, but he won't be hammer by nature this weekend. He's not going to be able to put a dint in Joe. Um, but I just feel bad for Joe. You know, since he beat Dubois, Dubois has gone on to beat Trevor Bryan and get himself in this WBA title picture further down the line. Joe's through no fault of his own and through no fault of Dubois' fault. You know, Dubois got to move on with his own career and stuff. But Joe's just been let down time and time again with rematch clauses. Joe Parker deciding to go on Sky Sports. It, Joe's just been the man who stood there, said yes to pretty much everything and got no reward for it. Um, Joe's style, you know, this work, 100% work rate, taking shots to give one. I'm not sure it's made for a man who's closing in on 14. Joe's older than you think. And I just thought by the time he gets his opportunity, it's not against just a picked opponent from the WBO rankings. He gets no fanfare for it. And by the time he does get a big, big fight, Joe's just a little bit past his best. I, I'd like, I think Joe Joyce is an absolute nightmare for any heavyweight on the planet. And I'd like to see him get a shot while he's at his, his peak. Yep. Um, I rate Joe Joyce strongly. You mentioned it yourself. The Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder saga that stretched out now what it must be coming up in three years um, has really caused massive damage to the heavyweight division. Um, you know, I, I would, I would hope, you know, we don't know what Tyson's doing. Tyson's like a, a box of frogs. One minute he's retired, the next minute, show me the money, all the rest of it. Um, I would hope that when uh, maybe the Usyk Joshua winner, um, I think that the, um, Joyce is highly ranked with the WBO at the minute, so he must be due a mandatory assignment. Um, I also heard whispers about Tyson Fury fighting him, but Tyson has denied it. But you're right. I mean, don't get me wrong, though. I mean, it's not like Daniel Dubois, with, with all due respect. That WBA title fight that was on was like something at a YMCA. You know, it was, you know, I, I rate Daniel Dubois strongly, but that's just a political title that he's picked yeah. up. Both of them are still really in a holding spot. So I hope both of them get their, their opportunities quick. But the division needs to start picking up the pace because, like I say, Fury Wilder, as much as we were entertained by that, has really has really left things pretty stagnant. Yeah, I would say that you've got to then take your ass off to him because he's, um, he is doing what he should be doing. And sometimes you don't get the credit for doing that. Like you've seen um, Dillian White, he waited all that time and then he boxed he boxed a big fella, he got knocked out, he lost his opportunity and all that. So when these fighters do do, do what they should be doing, it doesn't always go go well. So I hope that it does go his way, you know what I mean? Because it's, uh, that's the other side of the coin as well. Some fighters, they, they slip and slide away to the top, don't they? And then they get found out. But I think that him being the man that he is and having the fights that he is, Aaron, and, and uh, not saying no to any, any top fights because he beats some good opposition and... Um, when he gets there, to be well seasoned, and um, I hope that he's not—he's not over here, and he'll be well, well seasoned, and he's going to take his chance. I'll tell you what, Wait, Jesse it... John is—is is he thirty-five? Thirty-five yeah, now? Thirty-five, thirty-six. But he's—he's he's fresh, though. He's fresh, which is good. I mean, he's—he's he's not taking. I know he gets clipped. Don't get me wrong. I, don't get me wrong. I know that he's not defensively sound at times, and that's kind of part of the style. But I still think he's really, really fresh. I mean, he he's is. jumping around doing capiera when he when he wins a fight sure. after after it. So. You know, he's I'm, the big I'm man. just trying to get my crystal ball out. And by the time Usyk fought Joshua, that WBA belt's vacant. It could be another, it could be another year, 18 months uh, before it's yeah, all sorted that, out. So I uh, hope he gets we it. We shall see. And this brings us all the way back round to round one, Jazza, where you said, imagine if Joe had a bigger profile. Imagine if he spoke more and imagine if he pushed him more. He'd have had his shot by now, wouldn't he? 
I, I, like, I like though. his personality. I like the personality in the way he speaks. <laughs> How good's that BT advert where they've got him learning with the woman on Countdown? Have you seen it? No, I don't think so. I caught him in an interview the other day and I thought he's got like a... There's a twinkle in his eye, even though he doesn't say too much at times. So there's something about it, the approach that I quite like. But um, yeah, the, the most important thing is he gets in the ring and, and gets the job done in there. I, Hopefully it's a chance. Yeah, I think I, what, what you do see of him sometimes, he's quite witty with it, isn't he? He doesn't let on. I, I, think, he's, I think he's there, you know what I mean? He's, he just, I think he just chooses. No? I think it's part of his image, his, um, yep. his alter ego as a fighter, you know what I mean? I think he, he is quite, he's, he's witty and he's fast, he's, he's good humours, I think, what you see be it. Just, I think he reserves it on purpose. Yes, the quiet man, John. He's like John Ruiz the second. I'm not comparing them skill wise there, Joe. Not comparing you to John. I'm not comparing you to John Ruiz, big man. <laughs> there we go. That's six rounds flown by. Brilliant. Thanks, Jazza. Thanks for having me on, lads. Great. And thanks, Tom. Thanks for doing that. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. Thanks very much. Uh, don't forget. Uh, tell everyone about it rate us keep them five star ratings up nice quick uh, little podcast there for your way to work or walking the dog and um, join us next week when Steve Lillis will be back thank you for all boxing info news and latest interviews amateur and pro across and off click and subscribe VIP boxing promotions also Twitter Instagram and Facebook